Today is Monday, September 10th. I'm Kent. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to BU Cast. Tonight, we talk about the different types of classes you'll encounter at BU. I'm already behind in my reading. We all are. It's okay. Yeah, actually, I forget who asked, but I think it was in a class one of my teachers asked, and almost everyone in the class raised their hand. To what? To the question of, are you behind in your reading? How big is your class? I, I don't really remember what class it was. Okay. Actually, honestly, I'm probably lying. I really don't think it's a class anymore. <laughs> Well, we're pretty much behind in our reading because we had a lot of stuff to do this weekend. It's the first weekend of school. I mean, everyone's like this, right? I hope so. Normal? Yeah, I think it's pretty normal. So we pretty much spent Saturday doing video game society stuff. Well, that was only me. You were there for maybe two hours. Yeah, it felt like all weekend. Okay, weekend fun. Well extracurriculars are supposed to take up most of your time on the weekends. I mean, aside from studying, if anyone actually attempts it first week of school anyways. For me, as vice president of VGS, I did have to set up the meeting, you know, ever since, what was it, 10 o'clock? No, nah, not even. Maybe 11. We started at 11, pushed it all the way till 7. So that was, what, an eight-hour meeting? That's longer than a well, day of school. Well, no, because it started at 2, but you just worked earlier. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. It starts at 2. Well, for VGS, it starts at 2, but to yeah, set it up, it takes we, time. We got out of there at 6.15. 6.15, we had dinner, It was four, f- 4 hours and 15 minutes. For you, for most of the... For the yeah, club yeah, yeah, for the, for the club. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, the club was 4 hours and 15 minutes. For those that are on the e-board, it takes a little bit longer. Oh, yeah, because it was the first meeting. But, I mean, there was a really good turnout. Oh, yeah, we had over 50 people? No, there were, there were definitely at least 70 people there. I didn't notice. Wait, how, how do you figure... Well, just from like walking around and definitely because there were some people that just left and more people that came in later, like me. Well, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, I'd say at least 70 people. And that's pretty good. I mean, what do you get, like 250 signups? I think for a group, that's probably one of the biggest turnout besides all the religious groups or like ethnicity groups, like Asian societies. Not really. Uh, I actually went to Stage Troops meeting, which was Sunday night, and we filled up CAS 522. So that means there were probably about 250 people there. That's theater. That's a little different. Well, it's also the biggest theater group on campus. Then you have things like Habitat for Humanity, and a ton of people go to that. That's that's all different. It's community service. I'm talking about an extracurricular where it's everyone's interests or hobby. Mock trial. Mock trial, really? They actually have more than 70 members at a meeting? Well, I don't know. I've never gone, but I know a ton of friends that keep saying, oh, I love mock trial. Well, that just tells you that on weekends you should go through those extracurriculars, you know, pursue your interests, explore the campus. And don't get bored, because if you don't do anything on the weekend, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> really? What's what's college about? It's about having fun. Yeah, definitely. And extracurriculars definitely help you do that. That's right. Studying is for, you know, second thoughts. No, studying is for me, because I need to learn how to pronounce the word study. extracurricular. Extracurricular. <laughs> extracurricular. Is it like dyslexic? Yeah, I can't pronounce that word either. Why don't you try that? No, I, I don't want it. I don't want people listening to that on the radio. Oh, don't be embarrassed. Okay, anyway. Uh, we have more events coming up on BU. Uh, it's arranged for the R-rated hypnotist. Yep, that's going to be this Saturday. I missed the first one for my freshman year, but I went sophomore year, and that was awesome. Yeah, I forget who I went with freshman year, but it was hilarious. Well, we can give away some stuff, can't we? 
Um, no, because he refreshes stuff for the act. So, albeit, okay. Why did I say albeit? That was a weird word to What's use. What's albeit? It had no context. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, definitely go. It's hilarious. Um, the people have no idea what they're doing most of the time. One of the things that you notice is when you go there and you're like, let's get some volunteers up here. Everyone's dying to go until he starts hypnotizing everyone. And then everyone's like, oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. How could they do that to him? Let's just say that if you were up there and someone was filming this, you wouldn't live it down for a couple months. A couple months. I think of a very long time. <laughs> oh, man. And he picks on the guys, the girls. He picks on everyone. It's just utterly hilarious if you're watching. But definitely go early. It starts at 9 p.m. Um, it's really, really packed. It's on the second floor of the GSU. And there are at least 1,500 kids that go to this. Not only is it packed, it's literally if you don't get there on time or early, you probably will not be able to get in. It's happened. Some kids were actually turned away from the show. Were they really? Yeah, because oh. there was not even enough room to stand. Well, freshman year, I was in the way back, and it, it was so far that they actually put TVs up and had a live feed because oh. it, because you just couldn't see the stage. That's probably it then. You won't be able to see the show. You have to watch it on TV. Definitely go an hour early because if you get in the first 20 rows of seats, it's a really good view, and you'll be able to see some of the really subtle things that make it even more hilarious. Oh, I suddenly remember. Our year for sophomore year, the hypnotist's son was actually attending BU. Oh, I remember, remember that. that? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was awesome. That was, yeah, that was really awesome. Oh my God. Just go. If you're doing something Saturday night, cancel your plans. Go to this event. R rated hypnotist, Saturday, 9 p.m., second floor of the GSU. Go with friends. Yeah, definitely, because you, you'll be laughing about this until like 4 a.m. And it's just sad if you go to R rated hypnotist by yourself. Come on. Ouch. But yeah, he's right. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Also, one of the cool extracurricular activities that debuted this week is coffee and conversation. I've actually never been to one of those meetings, but I was nearby once. Well, most uh, of the time. I don't think that counts. Okay. Yeah, but I started going last year because when I was a freshman, my class schedule actually conflicted. But it's from 3 to 5 p.m. I actually don't know where it's being held. I think it's in the Howard Thurman Center, which is in the basement of the GSU. I would think so, too. But you can double check that if you go to bu.edu slash DOS. It's kind of a discussion debate thing on modern world issues. Well, and not only that, you don't go there just for discussion debates. They do hand out nice stuff. Yeah, well, wh what I was trying to say is that Dean Elmore, who's the Dean of Students for the entirety of BU, he actually runs it. He's pretty much the moderator of the forum, I guess you could call it. And as Kent was saying, at the end of the meeting, he likes to give out a couple of things. So you can get like free tickets to a couple of events like hockey or some other singing group or something. Is it really all about oral politics? Is that all he talks about? It's not just politics. It's just like current affairs. So sometimes we'll talk about things happening at BU. If we talked about AIDS one time, it's just really current affairs, I guess. I mean, if anything, just go there for a crowd, make some new friends. It's a fairly small crowd. I've never been to the first meeting of the semester. But when I started going, it was about the middle of the spring semester. And I'd say there were maybe 30 kids there, estimated. You don't have to talk at all. You can just sit there and listen. But it's definitely a fun way to get your voice out. So uh, what originally was to happen on Thursday, Lobster Night. Actually, Wednesday. Wednesday, my bad. What was supposed to have originally happened on Wednesday, Lobster Night, got changed to tomorrow, Tuesday. 
Lobster Night, as we all know, takes place in all five dining halls. That is Warren, West, Miles, Towers, and Shelton. Shelton, yes. So how Lobster Night works, every dining hall is going to serve the same food. Well, not necessarily. The the main course, but some of the side things are different. No, no, I'm talking like stuffing and like... Oh, okay, it's obvious. It's Lobster Night. They serve lobster. Okay, stuffing, corn, they all have that. Uh, the only thing that's different is probably like Warren might have a, a larger salad bar if that's what you're into. Well, no, because some people give different options. So like someone might have chicken somewhere else and someone might have something... I don't think Some it's like other that. food. Not from past experience, I don't think. I mean, we went to... The thing I remember for was uh, Chinese New Year. We visited two dining halls and it had the same exact stuff. Yeah, I know, but I don't eat lobster. So I had chicken lobster and it was definitely different the year before that. Anyways, lobster night. It works by every time you enter the dining halls after using a meal, you would get you'd be given a ticket and you take the ticket to be served lobster. You're only given one ticket, that is. You can probably sell it off to a friend if you guessed them. Well, as long as you're not saying, oh, I'm selling a ticket, because then that's like soliciting stuff. They wouldn't care. There's like Actually, it's illegal. Why? Because you just can't solicit on BU grounds. Okay, fine. Give it away and get paid later. Yeah, but just give it away to a friend for a couple bucks, I guess. Yeah, I mean, lobsters are small. I mean, the one they advertise on that little board thing on top of the ketchup stand... It's like what? It's like the size of five big cheese wheels, and it's like really the size of your fist. You're actually judging food based off a picture? Well, sometimes you should. I mean, it does help. I mean, have you ever seen a big guy eating that gigantic burger in Texas? He had a football helmet on. BU doesn't serve gigantic burgers well, from Texas. It doesn't matter. The point is, pictures are supposed to lure you in. They're supposed to just they're supposed to suggest what's being offered, and I they're guess. lying to me. So what's that? Is that legal? Either way, go to the dining hall on Tuesday, get your lobster, and eat it because it's good, even if I don't like it. Something entirely unrelated to lobster, tonight's main bit, we were going to talk about classes, but not what classes we're taking. We're actually going to talk about the layout of classes. All right, so there's five different types. There's lectures, discussions, independent seminars, and labs. I don't think there are any other things. Pre-labs? They don't count, though, really. Yeah, not really. Wait, don't you have post-labs, too? No, they're not. there's no such thing as post-lab classes. There are test sections, but they're like obvious tests. The class variety, it's just totally different depending on what kind of class it is. Right, so lectures, you can have anywhere from like 30 students to like 400 students. What's the biggest class you've ever had? Core. No, Core. no, no, but like how many people were in it? 250? 250? Oh, that's it, really? Core, yeah. Not like chemistry? No, chemistry, they're actually separated into different sections, so they're relatively small, maybe about 150, 150, oh, wow. 175. Because if it gets any bigger, those curves are going to go crazy. But I know someone who's taking some s- intro science course, and they had about 400 kids in their class. That's probably core science, then. Because one of the 250 students is the core humanities one. So that's the biggest one. So if you're thinking about the introductory science, that's probably core science. And that's why it's so big. Oh, okay. Well... I've been taking like English classes and whatever since freshman year. So the biggest class that I ever took was a history class, and that was about 130 people. 130? Yeah, that was the biggest one I've ever taken. It's pretty small. So the layout of lectures usually is you just have one professor on stage or on a podium, and he's just talking. Questions are asked sparingly, maybe five questions at most at a lecture, for me anyways. What about you? Um... 
Yeah, I mean, again, the only lecture I've really had at BU was the history one. But my, I had a nice professor. He would just field any questions that you had during it. Lecture is, of course, just pretty much a teacher telling you information and you're absorbing it. Well, it differs from lecture to lecture. I mean, some teachers like to use PowerPoints. Uh, have you ever had a lecture with PowerPoints? I visited a class out of interest to see what I wanted to take in the next semester. And a teacher used a PowerPoint and I never went back to the class. Oh, well, those with PowerPoints usually expect you to print them out. So that's probably why you're unprepared. Oh, really? Wow. You're really lucky if a teacher puts it online. No, all the classes I've ever had with PowerPoints were available online. Wow. That's how it's <laughs> supposed to work. Not necessarily. Some teachers are just like copy all the, all the information down. Well, the teachers that do do that have never have PowerPoints. They just use the chalkboard or they just sit there or stand there and talk. I mean, I've actually had a lecture with a group of people singing and you're supposed to take notes on that. That was pretty tough. How the heck do you take notes on singing? I have no idea, but they repeated words, re- they repeated words several times. I mean, it was a chorus and stuff. Okay. The one gripe I have with the lectures is how the teacher actually performs it. The history class that I took, it was with Professor Bachman. It was History 101, and then the next semester I took History 102. I thought he was a really great teacher because he always lectured from memory. He's been teaching for more than 20 years, so he, he knows what he's talking about. And he might have a few notes in front of him. But other than that, it was really addressed to the class. I've taken other classes, mainly English classes, where some teachers will just read from notes or people will just use PowerPoint and read the PowerPoint, even though you can clearly just see it. Right now, actually, my uh, biochemistry class, about 75 kids in that lecture, the teacher actually says, you really don't need the textbooks. You can just use the points from my PowerPoint. And that, I think, is amazingly awesome because I don't have to read a textbook. Yeah, but you had to buy the textbook. Yeah, but he also did give me that copy to borrow until my copy comes in, whenever that is. A.K.A. you already bought the textbook. Okay, fine. But it was $70 cheap. Still, how much did you spend on it? $70. Well, Kent, I think that you just wasted $70. Well, there are homework problems that we need to hand in, so even if we don't need to read it. Oh, okay, so you actually do use it then? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, okay, that's fine. Anything else about lectures? No, not really. I mean, the lecture usually determines the type of test because that's the professor that's making the test. Oh, we'll talk about tests because I didn't, I didn't really have like that test section kind of a lecture. What do you mean? You took tests in discussion? No, we just had, we didn't really have tests in the history class. We just wrote essays and had a midterm and a final. How was the final administered? It was just in the classroom, but that's different from just taking a normal test. Okay, so I'll go into tests? Well, just talk about how the test section worked because I don't really understand well, I never really had a test section, but the way it works is that let's say you have a lecture from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then suddenly on Mondays, you will have a test section from 6 to 7.30, and that class will only meet probably three times a year, three times a semester, and that's only when you have a test, and that's it. So it's really nothing special. It's pretty self-explanatory. Well, does your professor make you guys like sit in some kind of weird configuration? Well, yeah, everyone in one row or every other row, something like that. Well, that must be annoying if you have more than 200 kids in your class. Yeah, sometimes what happens is they split us off into different classrooms. Really? Wow, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, as I was saying, the different types of lectures I was talking about, 
for teachers that don't have PowerPoints, they seem to rely on textbooks. So what happens is it's a lot more work because you have to know every single part. Well, for my lectures anyways. For those that do use PowerPoints, you kind of know where you're going. It's already pointed out for you on the PowerPoint. Otherwise, they just expect you to know everything and that everything they do in class is just extra help. I don't really like PowerPoints, though. It just seems like the teacher is copping out and just not doing the work. Well, they had to create the PowerPoint in the first place. So Yeah, but most of the teachers are using notes that are years old. If they're just reading from the PowerPoint, it's awful. Like, Why can't they just give you the PowerPoint, you can read it, and then they can talk about something else and stop wasting your time? Because they also read the PowerPoints and then they go into each point. Yeah, so why can't they do that without reading? I'm sure reading the PowerPoints takes at least 20 minutes out of your class time when you can just do that by yourself. Ooh. I don't know what you mean. If they just gave you the PowerPoint before class, then you could just read it on your own time. Okay, they do give you the PowerPoint before class. So what's the point of reading it during class then? They're not reading it. They're just saying the line and then they'll explain it. Exactly. That's r- saying the line is reading it, isn't it? I don't see where you're coming from. I, I just think it's very helpful. Why take it away? I mean, they're actually saying... This is what the test is going to be on. This part, this part, da, da 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 And they expect you to take little notes and that's it. What's wrong with that? I'm really picky about teachers. <laughs> I have no, I, I, I don't understand. What's the problem? I think PowerPoints should be outlawed from school. PowerPoints are useless, no. except for pictures. No way, no way. What about for code demonstrations? That's not a PowerPoint. They usually just put a projection of the computer up. On a PowerPoint. That's what a PowerPoint is. No, a PowerPoint is actually slides of text. Yeah, he has slides of code. Why can't you just code live in front of everyone else? I thought you were all about wasting time. Coding in front of everyone else during class? That's crazy. You're making no sense, Alex. We should move on. Okay. (laughs) So the second type of class that we have are discussions. Our discussions are generally smaller, about 30 in size at most, at most. I've had discussions of 10 people before, too. That's good. I've had discussions of three. Really? Well, yeah. How big was the lecture? Then? Well, it, it was the honors program discussion. Oh, honors program. So that means that you actually have the discussion with the professor instead of a TA. Wait a minute. So how big is this lecture, this honor lecture? Well, the, no, it wasn't an honors lecture. It was just a normal lecture. And we had about 30 people. Small classes. Wow. What class is this? It was some physics class that I wasted. It, it was not a class worth taking. I'll just leave it at that. I'm surprised they offer honor for that then. Yeah, I know. I'll go into my gripes with the honors program in some other episode. I won't waste your time tonight. Okay, anyway, discussions. It's a place where quizzes happen and homework is collected. Also, for any questions you might have had for a lecture, is going to be discussed in discussion. I'm kind of against discussions. Just be oh, not discussions like two people talking to each other, but discussions as in the class form. Because if you have a question, I usually okay. If I had a question, I would probably forget it by Friday. If I had that question on Monday's lecture, well, you can always write it down. Yeah, you can, but it's totally out of context. And no. and usually you have a TA, and you're supposed to be asking the professor. So what the hell does the TA know? Well, the TA is already taking the class, so he probably sh- or she should probably know. See, he should know, but most TAs really don't. And that's my big gripe with discussions is TAs. I don't think they should be teaching. Okay, so it's not against discussions, but it's really against TAs. Yeah, I guess you could put it that way. So discussions are fine if they were all led by a professor. And if they were smaller and kids actually tried to discuss things. There really is so much you can discuss. 
It's all. I'm an English major. You can discuss a lot. Okay, you're an English major. I'm a science major. Things are uh, things are factual. You can't discuss why. Yeah, but why you, shouldn't this weigh more? Yeah, then you can just use the discussions for quizzes and like ac- you can do extra problems in discussions. You can do those crazy. Oh my god, this is totally an extreme case, but we'll show it to you anyway because you need to understand this. Okay, yeah, but most of the TAs for science classes, science discussions are grad students, so they do know a little bit more than us. Yeah, that's true. Actually, aren't there some undergraduates that TA classes? Maybe for one hundred ones. I would like to do that. That would be fun. Yeah, I got offered a position. I really? Oh, that's was, really cool. It's for lab. Lab is dangerous. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's just talk about labs right now. Okay, so let's go on to labs. labs. I hate labs. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, labs can go from three hours to four hours long, maybe five hours. I never had it, but I think there might be. No, there isn't. No, not that I think about it. There might be, but I don't know. So they just go up to four hours. So far for me, it's four hours. All chemistry labs have been four hours. Biology and physics labs have been three hours. Well, the only science course I've taken at BU was that stupid physics course, and our lab was two hours long. Well, you had it good then. Yeah, I did. So anyways, labs are usually, they usually have a pre-lab beforehand, so they tell you what the hell you're doing, except for physics. Physics, they just say, go online, go search it out, and then that's your instruction for lab. So far for biochem, so far that I'm taking this semester, they haven't assigned a pre-lab, like pre-lab section for us so i'm guessing that just means you have to read your textbook manual and figure it out in lab that's gonna be a bitch okay so labs there are night labs and there's morning labs for two years now i've had night labs and they have been painful for one i've been missing all the specialty dinners because they always happened on thursday which happened to be my lab well some of them happen on tuesday yeah kent didn't really eat supper with us last semester yeah i missed out on good times so I would suggest taking a morning lab, though I have had friends tell me that morning labs are a bitch too because it's just have to wake up in the morning, you don't know what the hell you're doing, and then you screw up, and there goes your grade. My physics course had a morning lab, and I would wake up at 9 a.m., mosey on down, half asleep, and realize that I would only wake up about an hour into the lab. I hope that doesn't happen to me as I got a morning lab finally. Finally, for the first time, two years of my college experience. Well, you've been waking up early. I'm sure it's okay. Hopefully, hopefully. But what do you, do, do you think labs are worth it? Well, a lot of the labs are repeated. By that, I mean for chemistry labs, they're supposed to teach you techniques and different types of, well, different ways to get a result. And they repeated techniques to learn in gen chem, in orgo chem. So I think that's a kind of a waste. Maybe they should start lab either earlier, as in like only for gen chem, or if they do start early for gen chem and have to have a lab for orgo chem, they should maybe add a little bit more advanced techniques. I mean, they're telling us we got we got also, we got labs for biochem, and I'm hoping it's not repeating the same thing we did in orgochem because it's just a waste of time. I mean, four hours, four hours a week. That adds up to a lot of hours. Kent's a science major, and I'm a humanities major. I think it was first semester of sophomore year. I had the bare minimum number of hours you can take, 12 a week. Yeah, Kent really had something around 27 hours a week. We two science classes rock. Are you sure about that? Do you want to back up that statement? No, because Tyler's doing that right now. I feel sorry for him. Sorry, Tyler. He really wanted an internship too, but he couldn't get it too much. No one has any idea what you're talking about. You should probably explain that. Okay, so we know Tyler. Tyler is currently taking three science classes. Two of them have a lab. Yeah, Tyler's our friend, by the way, since Kent didn't really explain that. 
Anyways, he has two labs. He has what? Something on 27 hours also? 27, 26 hours of class a week. A week. How do you expect to do anything else? Just studying takes up that much time. That's pretty much a part-time job. Mm, might as well be. If all the studying involved, it's going to be 40 hours a week. Well, how long do you usually spend on pre-labs and post-labs? Uh, or a lab? I don't know. Prep- what do you do for Just work? preparation for labs, like pre-lab. You have to write a pre-lab and then post-lab, write the report. I think maybe about five hours because you actually have to answer questions and get them right. Wow, yeah. My, my physics course was so bad that it was just... It took us a half an hour to write up the lab, and no one really cared. Well, yeah, Fix's labs are a little different. Like, you guys do the pre-lab before class, and you actually hand in the post-lab during class. There is no post-lab afterwards. There is just the lab. That's it. Oh, okay. That works. <laughs> yeah, not, not like biology labs or like chemistry labs. Okay, so if you don't have a lecture, what you probably have is what BU likes to call an independent. And that's pretty much a normal class that will meet three hours a week, except you just don't have a discussion. Most of the language classes are independent. Yeah, definitely. Except the intro language classes meet four days a week just because they consider the fourth day a lab, quote unquote, even though people just end up using it for class. What consists of an intro lecture? Is it like second year? The languages are just first to fourth semesters. So if you have an independent it's really nice because you don't have to go to discussion. And that's pretty much because discussion usually happens in class. So that ends up being mainly your humanities classes, usually the social sciences or lectures with the discussion. I think independence kind of wreck your schedule sometimes. When you have a designated Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule for a class, Tuesday, Thursday, you know when those tests are going to end up. They're always going to be on Thursday or always going to be on Friday, something like that. For independent classes, they can switch around anytime. You can have a test on Tuesday and suddenly have a test on Friday. Yeah, but then again, it's fine because you just take the class and the teacher will put it on the syllabus. It's not like you can have a surprise test somewhere. Syllabus can be changed. Yeah, but they're not going to say, oh, it's Wednesday. We suddenly have a test on Friday. Well, regardless, the work can pile up unexpectedly sometimes. Yeah, I'd say that because usually lectures, the teacher says read so-and-so amount of the textbook. And you usually have one of those very big hardcover textbooks. The independents are usually humanities classes, as I said before. So you usually have a lot of reading from, from like novels or smaller textbooks or actually a lot of handouts. Teachers have been using printing capabilities that students have a lot. I've noticed that definitely this year because a couple of my teachers have been using course info. And they'll just post up a bunch of PDFs and then I have to print out about 50 pages a week. Only 50? You're pretty lucky. I've seen people be printing like 300 and they get quayed up all the way back until like next day. Quaid? Is it what? How do you pronounce that word? It's pronounced Q. Q'd up. I'm sorry. Q'd up. And by the way, that's the word Q-U-E-U-E. I like independence. All my classes are independence pretty much. What you can usually have is really, really small classes. And they tend to not really be officially called seminars, but they end up being seminars. What do you mean by seminars? I I haven't actually taken a class that was a seminar. Well, I'm an English major, so I really like classes where you pretty much just sit in a circle and talk. And it's fairly opinionated in some sense. It depends on what kind of teacher you have and how they regulate the discussion. But it's pretty much just talking about the topic that you're discussing. What, do you guys get a grade just for talking? Do you guys get like assignments or anything? Well, no, you do get assignments because it's pretty much just essays. 
But a lot of the essays are based off what you talk about in class. The essays can usually be really broad because it's it's always impromptu, whatever you end up talking about. Well, then when you think about seminars, that's pretty enticing because you realize if you're talking all the time, your participation grade is going to be huge, right? Yeah. A couple of my English classes, they're 500 level and they have participation grades of about 30%. That's gigantic. Yeah. But if you like talking and especially like discussing and usually arguing sometimes, it ends up being really good and you end up learning a lot. It's not just force feeding you information. You're actually partaking in the class itself. And I think you're getting your money's worth more out of seminar type classes than you are lecture type classes. How big are your seminars usually? Um, seminars can range, I'd say, from 20 students to three students. The English courses that I'm taking, one of them has five students. It could have been up to 30, but because there's only five, we just sit in a small circle with the professor and he makes comments and we, we do talk a lot more. There's a lot of opportunity to get your voice out in the open. Yeah, but seminars are definitely good because you're sitting in a circle. It's very personal compared to lectures where you're just listening pretty much. Do you think it's possible that there might be seminars outside of English majors? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like what? Especially for social science and humanities, what there are in the CAS programs are senior seminars. So they'll have maybe up to 20 or 30 students in a class, which is pretty much seminar material, I guess. And it'll be usually centered around some topic that the teacher chooses. So the class name itself will be something, something, something. But then the topic itself will change every semester based on the teacher's interests. Yeah, sounds all right. Yeah, it's very cool because one of the classes I'm taking right now, it's a theory class about literature, but we're talking about the mind and cognition and language abilities and stuff like that. And it's only offered this semester. It's very cool. Yeah, again, it's a 500 level class? Yeah, it's... No, uh, actually that one is EN 496, but it's it mixes with graduate students as well. That sounds weird. I think that would be a science class normally. I mean, was it the human mind? Well, it's it's very it's very philosophical and psychological, but we're we're reading text and we're analyzing the texts. So it's very interdisciplinary, but it's an English class, which is good. All right. I can't say the same for labs. Like I don't think English majors will have labs or like EN labs. Well, there are some writing labs if you're taking creative writing but i'm not going to get into that that's not a lab sorry so you have lectures discussions independent seminars labs if you can work out your schedule well i'd avoid the labs yes yeah, and discussions if you can for science majors you all know it for those of you that are science majors you plan your schedule around labs not the other way around sadly yeah we'll definitely talk one episode about how to choose classes and how to actually fix your schedule and graph your schedule in a certain way that kind of optimizes your time. So I think we're done for tonight, and we'll be back Thursday. See you guys Thursday. Thank you for listening to BU Cast, hosted by Kent and Alex. For episode releases and other podcast news, visit our website at bupodcast.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to our podcast in two ways. One, visit the iTunes Music Store and search for BU Cast. Or two, visit our website and subscribe to our RSS feed. BU Cast is recorded under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, 
share alike 3.0 license. Please view our website for more information. BUCast is not sponsored by Boston University. We fund the show with our own budget. And if you like what you hear or don't, please give us feedback by sending an email to bupodcast at gmail.com.